Connor Esiason, and you're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esiason Foundation and GunnerEsiason.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, Digital Credit Union, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and not necessarily those of the Boomer Esiason Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, hey guys, it's Gunnar Esiason, back for another episode of Breathe In. As always, joined by Tiffany Rich. Tiffany, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I am well. Um, good. So we're in the final week. We're in the, the home stretch yeah. of Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month, which is May. Um, and this will be the are last you time like sick for... sick of the Yes. Here's, 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 uh, I um, am I sick of the purple. Um, I, you know what? Purple is one of Darcy's favorite colors, so it's, it's okay. kind of growing on me. Okay. Um, but I, uh, don't normally choose to wear purple <laughs> if, if it comes to it. Um, yes. I have, I have yes. some purple shirts and I occasionally wear them, but, uh, if it yeah. comes to it, if I have a choice in the matter, I will, uh, choose a different color. What's um, your favorite color? My favorite color is red. Red. Okay. Uh, my favorite pattern is camo. Oh, well, I know that. Um, that's why I have the camo vest. Uh, <laughs> yes. So that's kind of where I fall on the color wheel. Okay, um, okay. What, what, your favorite color is pink, obviously. No, I hate it. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> coming, coming, yeah, coming to you live from, the, from Tiffany's pink room. Yeah, um, I, lo- I love pink. <laughs> pink is my, my jam, yes. I love pink. Uh, yeah, that was that was a difficult guess. Um, so we have uh, we have two more interviews today to wrap up CF Awareness Month. Uh, then we'll kind of get back to uh, some some other cool interviews moving forward. Uh, you know, maybe we'll still do some sprint interviews, but I think moving forward we'll kind of get back to a little bit different style of the podcast, you know, the, the, the old yeah. style. But uh, you know, we'll kind of keep playing around with it. Uh, so today you're going to be hearing two interviews. Uh, our first guest is actually has, she's been on the podcast before. At least yes. Courtney D'Amico. She was on the podcast a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, she was talking uh, with her uh, with her cross country CF friend because she met uh, Stacy. She met Stacy in the CF Peer Connect program. Uh, yeah. But if you remember, if you listen to that podcast, uh, Lee's Courtney and I disclosed that we both went to Boston College together. Uh, we had the the weird little run in uh, at school where she knew who I was. I didn't didn't know she was there uh so uh we kind of we're gonna reminisce a little bit about the college days and also talk about uh, our different college experiences uh primarily because you know i think it was a cool contrast that we both went to the same school yet had Mm -hmm. very different paths through through college uh to kind of show how uh, there are different ways for people to see to tackle uh to tackle uh uh, higher education. So, yes. Um, without further ado, we'll throw it to the interview between uh, me and Lise Courtney. All right, we are joined by Lise Courtney D'Amico. Lise Courtney was on the podcast, otherwise known as LC, was on the podcast a few <laughs> weeks ago um, with our cross country friend Stacey Carmona. But today it's just me and Lise Courtney. Uh, how are you? 
I'm doing well. I'm so excited to be back. This is awesome. Yes, it's nice to have a familiar voice back on the podcast. Um, for those of you who listened to the last podcast, you know that uh, Lisa Courtney and I both went to Boston College together. We were separated by three years. I'm three years older um, than LC. Uh, she was a freshman during my uh, my senior year, and uh, as she explained in the last podcast, we actually, as far as we know, we only ran into each other once on campus. Although I didn't know about it, she did. Um, <laughs> and I found out during the last episode. Um, but today, I think what we're going to talk about is we'll talk about uh, our experience at Boston College, how we both went through uh, the same college in, in similar and different ways uh, to really kind of highlight uh, the differences that people with CF can have while they're at school. Uh, and then uh, we're also going to talk about uh, Orange Theory. Last time uh, Liz Courtney was on here with Stacey, they talked about their shared love for Orange Theory. Since we recorded that episode, I have actually tried Orange Theory myself. And I too Ooh. like I too like Orange Theory. Um, it is fun. Actually, let's just start the conversation there. Um, <laughs> have you gone this week at all? Um, I went two days ago. Yeah, two days ago, and it was great as always. It's I fun. Um, uh, I last time I went was a few days ago as well. I'm going tomorrow. Nice. Um, I. Uh, I like it. I was in San Francisco not long ago. I did it actually in San Francisco. It's fun. Like it's well, I wouldn't say fun, but like it's 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 uh, seeing the different gyms. For those of you who don't know, Orange Studio, uh, Orange Theory is like a, a fitness class, and um, it's a group fitness class. But it's 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 pretty cool. Like I personally, I am not a big cardio guy when I work out, but this actually manages to make cardio like like a fun thing. Like I, like I actually kind of enjoy it. Don't you? Yeah, I think it's really hard for me to just, um, you know, get on a treadmill and run for the sake of running. Yeah. But um, being in a group class and you feel like you're one with the other uh, attendees and that really motivates you. Plus, the instructor is always so hyped up that you're like, okay, gotta. Yeah, the instructors are super hyped up. Um, yeah. And they're also like, they're, they're also willing to see you for who you are. Do you, do you let them know that you have CF when you go in or do they know? Um, so I used to live in DC. My, um, instructors there did know because I actually led a CF fundraiser with me. Oh, cool. Um, but now I don't have as much of a relationship with the instructors. I think in the ideal world, I probably would tell them because I know my old instructors were that like was this bonding thing. I told them about how it was such a big part of my care and they were like, that's amazing. And they were so supportive of me being there. When I, so when I signed up and you know, how like when you go for your first one, you have to go super early, like they explain it to you. So yeah. I went with Darcy and Darcy had been, so Darcy was kind of like rolling her eyes the whole time. But like <laughs> when I told him like, do you have any medical issues or whatever? And I was like, Oh yeah, I, I have cystic fibrosis and the guy's eyes got really big. And then I was like, Oh, I also am coming off a foot injury. And the guy <laughs> was like, Oh my God, you're a mess. And I was like, yes, I am a mess. <laughs> and, uh, but the rest is history. It's been a few weeks and I've survived. Um, so, uh, I don't think I wanted to tell you this originally, but one time I was there and I got hemoptysis like mid class. Oh my and God. so I like walk out of the class and, they saw what was going on and were completely freaked out. And I, it was just this weird, I was like, it's actually not that big of a deal. I promise. Like it's fine. And <laughs> I think they wrote in the notes, like something's wrong with this girl. <laughs> <laughs> See that, 
Okay, that would be a huge fear of mine, having a hypothesis in a group workout class. If you can survive that, I think anyone could survive, like, the embarrassment or the, the self-confidence issues that you may have in a, uh, in a group workout class. I was also, I had brought my entire team from work to the class that oh day. Oh, my God. <laughs> The actual class, like random strangers, and then my coworkers who were like, "Oh Lord, what is happening?" It's like I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> There's not not, <laughs> not a not a worse situation for that to happen. But at least if you're here. We're talking about it. and We're laughing about it. I guess that's all that matters. It's all good. Um. Okay, so let's get into the real topic of today. Um. Uh, we both went to Boston College. Both had a good time. Um. I think I think I guess I want to know, like, how did you approach uh, the the disability side of this? Because I think a lot of people listening to the podcast are uh, either going to be sending their kids to college um, in the fall, or uh, you know maybe they're you know a few years away from college. But this is good to know. And then of course you and I are both actually heading back to school this fall too. So it almost feels like I'm going through the whole disability <laughs> process all over again. Um, but I want to know how you approached it, uh, for your freshman year at BC compared to how you're dealing with it now. Yeah. So I guess the first steps that I took are, were that I talked to the disability office and I just let them know that I have CF and, you know, there is a possibility that I'm going to need to leave school for IVs and that they needed to be accommodating. Um, but I think, kind of what's more interesting about how I approach school was more my, just my mentality. Um, at my <clears throat> peds clinic, they definitely kind of raised me to believe that when a CF patient goes to college, everything is going to go downhill from there. <laughs> and so I went into college super scared of everything that could happen just from the horror stories and kind of the, kind of the guilt that they put on me about the whole thing. Um, so I was super cautious, except for my first semester. I got a little bit distracted from that goal my first semester. And I came back from college my first semester, you know, had the checkup around uh, the Christmas holiday. And my doctor is like, what are you doing? This is everything we have talked about. Look at your lung function. You're, you know, and just the whole guilt trip and I went back to school absolutely terrified um and so after that I really I wasn't super crazy first semester let me clarify <laughs> but, <laughs> but after that I kind of you know reined it in um and I was much more focused on my health way you know way more compliant etc um but that for me definitely changed what college looked like. I knew that I needed to get into something to supplement everything else, I guess, and make me feel more a part of the community. So I actually became an RA, which was the best experience ever. I'm, I'm actually going back to BC on Monday for one of my residents' uh, graduations. So I have incredible bonds with the students, but it was a different approach to school, I guess. I actually, I loved my RAs at BC. My <laughs> uh, my freshman RA was was super chill. He was actually buddies with one of my like friends from high school, who was a few years older than me. So, like, I we kind of like indirectly knew each other. And then uh, my sophomore year RA, 
uh, was really good friends with one of my friends from my hometown. So, like, I had pretty chill RAs pretty much all the way through. By the time you're a junior or senior, like, you kind of, like, age out of the RA system. But yeah. um, I, uh, I, I definitely uh, – I, I had some pretty chill RAs. Um, I uh, – I see. It's inter- it's interesting to hear that like your your clinic brainwashed you to like lead you to believe that things were gonna like go downhill as soon as you got to school, um, because like I I had heard that a bit, but like I felt like my pediatric clinic also like like looked the other way when I was struggling. Like I knew that I was struggling during my freshman year, and it wasn't like I was super compliant. I was very adherent to my medications. Like looking back, like. I don't really know what the you know what issues I ran into. Maybe it was just, you know, close living in close quarters to so many people. Like when I was a freshman, I think the uh what was it, the swine flu or whatever was going around and like I, I had to get like the the swine flu vaccination. Like someone in my hall had the swine flu. Like it was like that I mean, that's kinda like living conditions that I was in and I think that's kinda what did me in my freshman year. Um, and then, of course, as you know, at BC, as you get older, like there's fewer and fewer people living on each hall. So um, I, I think that like that was kind of uh, in some ways we may have been set to fail at BC when we were freshmen um, just because of the way you're sort of introduced into the um, into the community. And I, I think I kind of like sought some of the same things you're talking about, like the community aspect of college. And, you know, one of the ways that I did that was like I try to live with as many of my friends as I possibly could. And while that probably wasn't like the greatest thing for my health, you know, I, I think I wanted to like, I chose to build the community that way. You know, like yeah. I, I really wanted to like dive into like, you know, feet first into the whole, um, the whole college experience. And I, I think that, uh, you know, like that's the thing that like some people will see if when they kind of approach college, they have to ask themselves like whether or not they want to do that. And, th- and there's pros and cons to doing so. Yeah, when I so I forgot to mention when you're asking, you know, what I how I approach disability. I also one of the key things that I got from that office was that I got I always had a separate room all uh-huh. four years. So my freshman year we had I had two roommates, but they were both in a separate room from me. Um, and that was motivated by the fact that I knew that every time I went to like a sleepover growing up, I'd come back so sick. So I knew that college was going to be a sustained sustained sleepover and. Um, I was, I think it was honestly <clears throat> motivated by fear rather than you know, trying to even better uh-huh. my health. I was just like so scared. Um, so that was a key difference. But now that, I, you know, I'm going back to school in the fall, um, I reflected on my time at college and things that I wish I had done differently. Uh-huh. And for me, I wish that I had lived with a million roommates and done that whole thing. I don't think that the, you know, you're fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. It didn't outweigh you know, getting to or missing out on the fun roommate stuff. So next uh-huh. year I'm going to live with a roommate and do that whole thing. And I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm excited for you too. You know, I think, but like now see, I'm like going the opposite direction. I'm living with, I'm living with Darcy, <laughs> you know, as if that's, I mean, it's a great that's thing. A it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be, it is a roommate, but it's not like five college guys, you know? Um, you know, I, I think like I did this, a similar thing too. I reflected on some of the successes and failures that I had in school to help dictate my next, you know, schooling experience. Um, and I think like when I disclosed, I've already disclosed my CF to, to Dartmouth, um, 
and in, in doing so, like I, I, I feel like I may have overdid it in, in the sense that like I like I went back to BC. I tracked down all of my disability papers from there. I like made a little packet. I sent everything over to Dartmouth. I had like a meeting, and like I, I feel like I just wanted them to know as much as like they could, so that they're be- better suited to help me. Like whereas at BC, my freshman year. I almost felt like I I gave them a lot of information. Really, my my parents did a lot of advocating on my behalf as well. Not until I was a sophomore or junior when I, you know it was up to me to do it for myself did I really feel like I was getting what I needed. So like that was my biggest lesson that I learned throughout the entire thing was that when I was the one advocating on my own behalf and asking for things from the school, I was more apt to you know feel like I was getting everything that I needed. Um, yeah. And like BC was great. The, the the accommodations they gave me, and on, my favorite one was the priority class selection. Did they give you that too? No. Okay, priority class. So I, I so <laughs> I can't believe you didn't have this. It's like I was I was the impression that I was given was that the people ahead of me that had CF were given this as well. Like I was able to select classes like the day before class selection opened. I feel like that happened to me once. I don't know. Oh, be- dang. I'm actually so jealous right now. And it's it was like amazing. Jealousy. It was amazing. It was amazing. I, um, and it's funny. The only reason I knew to ask for that was because I had a, I had a friend who was several years older than me at BC. And then I also had a friend like at another college who had it as well. Um, and I, I basically like the way I did that was just so I didn't have like you know, seven thirty class, seven thirty a.m. classes, so yeah. I could you know do my treatment center appropriate time. Like I basically just scheduled classes, like at reasonable hours during the day. And then by the time I was a senior, like okay, I pushed it. I had like class only on, like Mondays and Tuesdays, and I had the rest of the week <laughs> off. You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, I think that but was then, like, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You were so good about your treatments. It yeah, I, I wasn't. It's not like I wasn't doing treatments at two in the afternoon and then <laughs> you know two in the morning. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that was like that. See, this conversation that we're having right now is like it's very enlightening in the sense that like you didn't know those things were there. Like I, I personally, I would never have known to ask for them unless I had pursued it. Like my freshman year, I didn't have that. I didn't have priority class section my freshman year. It, came, it only came on during my sophomore year. Yeah, yeah. There are so many of those little things, and I think that schools are they have to be really helpful, and you just have to know to ask for it. And it, you know what you said about. Um, once you started advocating for yourself, you got what you needed is really key. I think, you know, that transition from your parents to kind of being there and doing a lot of it for you in high school to then getting to college and everything is in your hands is Mm -hmm. a major milestone for Mm -hmm. us. Yeah, no, it it certainly is. And I think, um, but at the same time, like kind of like how you were talking about before, where your first semester, you like, it sort of sounds like you had a, a, a tough time your first semester. And, you know, I, I believe me, I had my second semester, my freshman year was also tough. I actually finished the year um, in absentia. Like, I got super, super sick with about a month to go in the semester. And it was, it was about that time left, about a month ago. And, um, like, I was, like, forced with this weird decision. Like, I could either take medical withdrawals, but that, like, put my uh, my full-time student status in jeopardy or I could like work with my professors to finish the, the semester in absentia. And I remember I had this one great dean. It was she was in her final year of her career at BC, and she was talking about how it was it, it meant a lot to her for me to stick it out and finish the semester in absentia. She said I I would it would pay me dividends down the line, and I'd be thankful for having done it. And which and I'm I'm grateful that I did because I was able to graduate on time. 
So, you know, I think that, um, you know, I also happen to have that person in her final year of her career, you know, go to bat for me in that, in that particular situation. So I think it's also about like the people that you meet along the lines, you know, she was also the kind of person that also opened the door to me to asking more questions or asking more of the disability sector, which is kind of what I've, you know, am now applying to my graduate schooling. And I will say that about the whole thing about graduate school though, is that like, they're a lot easier to deal with because they know you're not just like an 18 year old kid. Like you're only going yeah. to graduate school because you really want to be there, you know? Um, and I think, I think, you know, I don't know if you've gone through the process yourself or, or not yet, but I like, I feel like it's just been, it's been a little easier. I haven't started the process. <laughs> I feel so much shame right now. No, it's okay. I, the only reason I did it was because I, um, I know your mid students weekend was a little earlier in the year than mine was. Mine was like I feel like mine was like so late. I just it was like it just worked. It just made it sense for me to do it then. Um, yeah. And I think that's like, um, you know, it was important for me to, to to be able to like just make to not have to think about it, stress over it. Um, did you have a like a remote clinic? Did you go, like go to Boston Children's or Mass General like if you needed to? I had all of my info at Boston Children's and I went, I think, once or twice. Um, but I I had such a good relationship, have such a good relationship with my doctors at Hopkins uh-huh. that they were really my primary doctors still. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? So I my so my intention was to stay in pediatric care through the end of college and then transition to adult at the end of college. But there, like, we ran into a problem, um, like, at the at the end of my freshman year, like, there was an issue with the pediatric center, and, like, it was, without getting into it, it was just, like, a, it was a nasty mistake that was, that shouldn't have been made, and with that, I, like, transitioned to adult care, like, overnight, almost, and because of that, that, like, threw the whole plan into a tailspin, so I transitioned to adult care in the middle of college, and because of that, I also got uh, – I had remote clinic visits at, at Boston Children's. I love Boston Children's. Like I, I enjoyed my time there. I, d- I did a visit uh, at the beginning of every semester. It's also like super close to BC. Like the worst yeah. part about like being in New York is it takes forever to get to the clinic. Whereas like it's so nice living somewhere where you could be there in five minutes and home in five minutes. Yeah. No, totally. And I I can't remember the name of the doctor that I saw up there, but he was great. He was really smart. I liked him a lot. Um. Yeah, they 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 have a really, they have a really good center up there. So now I I want to know like as you moved on through, you know, the rest of your school years, like as you know, especially as the RA, you know, were you given like rooming perks or like what you know what uh like what was your like rooming setup the rest of the way through? So let's see. Okay, so I explained freshman year, sophomore year, I had a true single, and then um junior and senior year I had also true singles but they were bigger with a couch and everything (laughs) it was an RA but the uh common denominator for all four years is that I always had an AC unit yep me too which Uh I don't know I don't know if it benefited my CF honestly maybe it did but summers like when you move into Boston College in August and you're there like August, September, and part of October, it is so brutally hot in the dorms. Yeah. And I have had the experience of being hospitalized because I was so dehydrated from, like, the heat. Um, so that AC unit was amazing. But as an RA, all the, you know, freshman parents would move their kids in to a brutally hot dorm. Yeah. And then they'd 
walk by my room, the RA's room, and the RA has air conditioning. And both years, they lost their minds. And, like, there were complaints filed, and it was a whole thing. Like, how dare their daughters be submitted to this horrid heat. It was funny. That was pretty funny. Now, did you RA on Upper? Yes, Upper Campus. I was uh, Gonzaga 3 and then uh, Fitzpatrick 3. Ah, so you're in the same building. I yeah. uh, I lived in Gonzaga one my uh, my freshman year. Uh, lots lots trouble. Lot yes, lots of good lots of good memories in Fitzaga. Um, actually, funny story: the RA uh, on Fitzaga once, like down the hall, got fired for partying with the freshmen. So, <laughs> <laughs> like thirty five. Uh, it happens to someone every year. Um, which is I, God knows what happened to that kid, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but he, but he got fired, and not, that 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 hall was without an RA for like, the like the subsequent like four months afterwards. So, so the partying just like oh yeah, that <laughs> also probably did not help my health. Um, <laughs> I uh, now what did you think of your like the your your professors as far as they took your CF at, at, at school? They were really good. Um, I think part of that is that they have to be. I did have one did have one professor at the end of the year or at the end of the semester. It was like a very healthy semester and she pulled me aside and she told me that I actually didn't need any disability accommodations and that I was fine. And I was like, I don't think you can say that to me, but I, just, I don't feel like picking a fight with you over the legality of that statement. So I'm just going to let it sit there. Um, but yeah, for the most part, they were great. I think the key is just be, you know, communicating at the beginning of the semester. Look, this is what's up. Everything's been filed with the disability office. This is what potentially could happen. And then as soon as you're sensing something may take you away from class, that you just communicate that early. Yeah, I agree. I, that's what I did too. I mean, I think I think the disabilities office at BC was very. Uh, instrumental in like guiding that process as well. Like they told, they walked you through it. I mean, I, I guess the idea is to make sure that every single person with disabilities kind of has like the same uh, approach to it, just so that there's some uniformity across the entire school. I, I do remember I had uh, a few professors who like couldn't quite like wrap their head around the fact that like I could be so healthy one day and then the next day be so like horribly sick. Like yeah. I, like I had some like, you know, core English class, my, my sophomore year where, I remember like speaking to the professor beforehand and being like, "Listen, I'm very sick. I, I don't, I don't have a voice. Like, it's like for those of you who listen to podcasts, you like, you know what it sounds like when I get sick. I just don't have a voice." And <laughs> I was like, "I gonna t- like, I like, I would appreciate it if you didn't call on me today. I did the reading, see my homework, but I did, like, just don't call on me." And lo and behold, five minutes into class, Gunner, what do you think about this? And I'm like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Like I like I went through all these steps to make sure that things are okay and you are throwing me right on the bus. Like she was like one of the few who like didn't quite get it. Uh, and it got under my skin and I'm like, but then I realized that, you know, there's certain battles that are like worth fighting. And there's like, you kind of pick and choose where you're going to, you know, put some, some brain power towards. And that was not one that I was going to dedicate any more, uh, stress or anxiety towards. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, the, different reactions you can get can be very frustrating 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think it's like one of those things. But on the other hand, you'll have a professor who is like just like who knows somebody with CF or is just immediately empathetic for for no reason at all. And I, you know, it kind of they balance each other out. I think. Um, I have to say that like looking go, like going to grad school next year, like I'm not super excited to like have to like go down that travel that road again. Um, yeah. Simply because it's like it's just a bit of a nuisance, really. Yeah. I hope that, like, now, I think that the reaction in college is probably, like, oh, this is an 18-year-old kid who's trying to skip out on class. And get oh, away that's, def- that's definitely what it was, for sure. But hopefully now we're more adults. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know that I feel like it, but we're more adults, and they're going to think, okay, this person is, if they're trying to skip out on class, they're wasting their money, so that's their loss. Yes, that's, that is also a very good point. Um <laughs> So, you know, I, I think, uh, like, looking back on your time at BC, like, what, what, what are your, your big, like, takeaways as far as developing as a person? It's a big question. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to throw a random statement in here that I haven't even talked about yet, but I will, you know, sorry for throwing a big loop into this. But I think that I never was open about my CF, and that made it really hard. Like people come into my room and this was in the day when the vest, well, I didn't have a new vest. My vest was the massive milk carton looking yeah, thing. Uh-huh. And people come and it had, you know, the big tubes still obviously. And people come into my room and see this huge machine and I just wouldn't address it. And I know that they're like, what is that? <laughs> but they, <laughs> and like I had nebulizers everywhere and, um, I just was never open about it. And the few times that people did ask, I was like, oh, I just have this long, long thing. And I was in a separate room. And I think it just, I perpetuated this idea that I was the sick kid rather than just approaching it head on saying like, yeah, I have this thing. It's called cystic fibrosis. This is what it does. This is what I have to do about it. But I'm all good. And let's continue the conversation. But instead, uh-huh. I think probably behind closed doors, people are like, did you see that machine thing? What is going on with her? And um, it would have been better for me just to own it. So with personal development, I guess just owning my CF, we had talked about it on the last podcast, but I've um, just come way more to terms with CF and gotten way more involved. And that has been that's made my life way better. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's that, that's definitely a, a, a huge takeaway. I think, um, I think in a lot of ways that you you put it in such a good way, saying that you're perpetuating the notion, like you're you're almost making it worse for yourself by like like creating a wraparound story, you know, or like 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 just drawing circles around it. And I think that is, uh, I think that happens more uh, more frequently than people care to talk about um because there's a sense of like you you need to be able to feel comfortable in your own skin um and like you know as far as as outgoing as i am about my cf like you know we have the podcast and like (laughs) all that stuff like i'm like i'm again going through that now again with with grad school right to the the point where like like at grad school instead of like the the you know the you know the boxed question that everyone asks is like what's your job now and like that's right then and there is when i gotta like decide like how do i approach the cf thing and i've had to do it already yeah. um and like i think it comes to the point where like it, it's everyone has like a little special fact about them whether or not you like 
for our for us like our one of our special facts maybe that we have CF you know <laughs> and uh, like I think it's if you can spin it positively or play it as a positive then it, then it'll pay dividends down the line yeah yeah my favorite my favorite story from telling someone in college that I have CF was um, I was taking my enzymes at lunch you know in the cafeteria and the guy says, what's that for? It's like, oh, these are enzymes. They help me digest my food. And he says, isn't that a pretty basic bodily function? It's like, <laughs> in fact, it is. And it doesn't work. <laughs> Sadly, I can't train my body to do that. I had a, uh, a situation at BC where someone like didn't know. It was like uh, my, my one of my roommates was – in like a rotating study group and occasionally the study group would come to our room and it was our turn for the like the, the host study room so um when, whenever that would happen like we would either just go into our individual rooms or we would just be out of there just because there were so many kids but one time i was like a little running a little behind schedule and i was actually mixing iv antibiotics so i had like i had all my stuff all over the table i had syringes i had sterile water i had powdered medicine and like i mean i was probably mixing for like what i would do is i would Mix on like Monday morning for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I do it again Thursday for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like, I just do it every three days. So I had like nine medications to make in front of me, and <laughs> this poor kid walked in and took one look at the <clears throat> at the kitchen at like the the common room table and was like, "What the hell is going on in here?" <laughs> and like he's like he's like my roommate's name is Carmen. He was like Carmen, I can't be a part of this. Like just call me when this is over. <laughs> <laughs> and we all just kind of like looked at each other and he was like, all right, whatever, dude. <laughs> like he thought it was like, uh, like Walter White or something. And, yeah. uh, God, it was horrendous though. And like, as soon as he left, we all just started laughing. Uh, but that was definitely the, the strangest time that I had to introduce CF to, to somebody new in college. Very funny. <laughs> um, yes. So similar to your, uh, very basic bodily function, not working. I was, creating a masterpiece apparently in, in, uh, in, in, in the dining hall. Um, all right. So now looking forward, like, I guess, um, you know, do you have any like reservations about, you know, sharing your CF in, in, in grad school? Like, you know, you obviously had to learn about it. Like, you know, as you've gotten older, you become more of a vocal advocate. Like, I think for me personally, like, you know, I, I, I know that I built such a good group of friends at BC that like, you know, maybe one of my anxieties is making sure that I can do the same exact thing over again 10 years later in my life. You know, I think that's probably a stress that I have. But, like, at some points, it's like also kind of like an unfounded stress because I know it's like, it's all going to work out, I know. But, like, it's still like you're going to be the new kid at the new school, you know? So I guess that's one of my anxieties moving forward. Yeah, I think um, I definitely have the anxiety of making friends also. It's like I try to remind myself that literally everyone going to grad school has it's that anxiety. Fine the same thing. So. Yeah. It'll be fine. Um, but sharing CF, I think maybe I need to practice what I'm going to say a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> um, but my goal and just inevitably what's going to happen is that I'm going to be much more open about it. Uh -huh. And um, I guess I'm going through the roommate interview process right now and I have not mentioned it. I have definitely <laughs> asked. Like, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like Tinder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, but yeah, I, that's probably going to be a little surprise for them when they get to school and the fridge is already filled with, you know, medications. Um, but I have you know, done some basic, you know, do you smoke and 
are you are we gonna have parties late at night at our apartment or can you go elsewhere that type of thing so uh-huh. yeah um yeah i mean i think like when so you're gonna be in like the heart of chicago i'm gonna be in the middle of nowhere so like you know i i think we we're also gonna have a very different experience in the next couple of years of our lives but um you know i think when for uh, for Darcy and I, we you know looking off looking to live off campus. Like the requirements of like the place where we need to live is also very similar. Like I had to go through the you know the the list of twenty questions for the landlord. Like was the previous owner a smoker? You know, even if like it says no smoking, do you know if they smoked? You know that kind of thing. And those are important questions to ask. Yeah, they're awkward questions, but they're also essential questions to ask. You know, and I think like it comes a point in time when you're advocating for yourself that. You know, you can ask whatever you want to ask, you know, and, yeah. and, and so be it. Yeah, and if they're offended, whatever. <laughs> they just move on to the next person. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like the, the strategy that I've taken so far. Um, but, yeah, no, I think this was a good podcast. Uh, Liz Courtney, thank you for joining. Uh, I will uh, keep you up to date with my Orange Theory results. Uh, as, as I hope to hear, uh, how you, I will say it is super fun to go on the same day because we do the same workout. Um, you feel like you're together. It is. You and Stacey were so right about that going on the <laughs> same day together, but all the way across the country. And it's the same exact <laughs> workout. And like, I proved to myself by going to the one in San Francisco that it is literally the same exact gym. Like every, yeah, everything amazing. is the same. It's really cool. They do a good job of. You know, it's like the McDonald's of workouts. Yes, yes. I was just, I was just thinking that it is the the McDonald's of workouts. Like, it's completely uniform across the country, especially with, like, uh, the workouts. So I think that's a a very fun way to do it. And I know um, you have even said that someone reached out to you, letting you know that they have started Orange Theory since since we were on the podcast, um, which is super cool. Uh, Maybe one day we can get uh, Orange Theory to do something for the Boomer Science Foundation. Maybe not. Someone's listening there. Get in touch with me. Um, (laughs) Someone? (laughs) Yeah. Please, someone, reach out. Um, (laughs) Okay, the podcast is going off the rails. Um, Liz Courtney, (laughs) thank you so much. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on as you and I are slugging through graduate school and we need to – we need to find solace in each other. So, um, again, thank you guys. Um, and thank you, Lise Courtney. Thank you. Right, I want to say a big thank you to Lise Courtney for joining the podcast um, yeah. for a second time. Uh, it's always nice to have a recurring guest because you kind of get to keep up and see where they're going. I'm I excited like for I am excited for her to uh, start graduate school uh, this summer as well, uh, which would be a pretty cool thing. And uh, yes, I she and Stacy did convince me to start doing Orange Theory, uh, which has proven to be a lot of fun. So yeah. um, <laughs> it's not easy, yeah. but it's definitely proven to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm I'm super uh, super pumped that they were able to uh, convince me to get get on board that train. Yeah, so, and you've been doing that over wherever you travel too because yes i do yes i actually that's true and then i I was also at a wedding last weekend and i did one in uh in north carolina so i've kind of been all over the place doing orange theory the cool thing about orange theory this not a paid spokesperson but it's the (laughs) same wherever you go so it's like mcdonald's where mcdonald's is the same burger everywhere you go Mm -hmm. orange theory is like the healthy version of mcdonald's because it's fitness (laughs) uh and it's the exact same wherever you go uh, yeah. So, Tiffany, who did you talk to this week? I talked to Haley Higley. She is 23, and she lives in Utah. 
and she happens to have had a child and she is pregnant again and what we just talked about how her pregnancy was with cystic fibrosis and her life was CF so let's go to the interview Hey guys, I'm joined with Haley Higley, who is 23 and lives with cystic fibrosis from Utah. Hi, Haley. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. So why don't you tell the folks a little bit about yourself and your CF journey? Well, as she said, my name is Haley and I live in Utah. I actually grew up in Missouri. So um, I was born, it's just kind of a long story, but I was born in West Virginia, moved to Missouri, now I'm in Utah. But anyway, I was diagnosed at four months old, and um, an interesting fact is my grandma was diagnosed at the same time, but she was almost 50 when she was diagnosed. So, yeah. So, um, that's where I got it on that side. We're not really sure how I got it on my dad's side, but um, I grew up relatively healthy, um, I went into the hospital, like I would say every one or two years growing up, um, mainly just struggled with like GI stuff and I would do a lung clean out. I would say every two years I did a lung clean out mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I was always active, always, I've been doing, well, not anymore, but competitive cheerleading mm-hmm. my whole life pretty much. And then I ran track my whole life pretty much. And then um, I think my scariest time would be ninth grade when I had to get life lighted for bowel obstruction mm. and stayed a week. And it was just like this huge thing. But luckily, I didn't have to have surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then since and then I would go in the hospital every year of high school for a lung clean out. But after high school, I went like five years. So my first time was... October of 2017, okay. needing a lung clean out after high school. Wow. So I went a good five years. Yeah, it yeah. was awesome. Um, and then I moved to Utah and then met my hubby <laughs> and we got married um, in 2015. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and so 15. was it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't it remember. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had just met and then I was yeah. like talking to you about. And then... Um, we ended up getting, well, I ended up getting pregnant eight months later mm-hmm. and had a baby girl in January of 2017. Yeah. So, yeah, and she's, I actually, like, got so much better while I was pregnant. Like, it was super weird. My doctors were like, just so you know, like, be prepared to, like, come in the hospital more. And it's not atypical to need more lung cleanouts and, like, more antibiotics yeah. and blah, 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 blah. So I was like preparing for the worst, right. you know? And so, but yeah, my lung function improved by like 10%. Right. Um, my stomach problems, I mean, they're always there, you know, right. but they, it's like pregnancy was such a breeze for me. That's like great. seriously was. And every time I talk to somebody about that, they're like, well, don't you have like cystic fibrosis? And I'm like, well, yeah, but like that baby healed me. I am not kidding. (laughs) That's so funny. So yeah. Um, and then it was like, so weird. She was born and then, yeah, that whole year was kind of a struggle. And that's the year I ended up getting hospitalized for another tune up or whatever. So Uh I think it was just like my body being like, help, like I'm ready, but 
No, I mainly just like besides the GI, I've had um, three sinus surgeries, okay. and like every three months, I get many in office procedure. Okay. You know, so right. um, I think those are my two main um, things right. I deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, my lung function is like knock on wood, praise the Lord. Baseline is a hundred percent. So I'm really lucky in that department. Right. So yes. yeah. You're yeah. So lucky. that's, Oh, and I'm pregnant now. I oh. <laughs> now she's pregnant. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, again, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I am pregnant again. So yes. watch out. People. So. <laughs> Long function going so, yeah. up. <laughs> watch out for me. Yeah. But yeah, that's me. Okay. And this one's a boy, so. Oh, wow. So yeah. You guys are just getting new babies. One, and... two, and done. Here we okay. go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you said something really interesting. We'll get back to the baby situation. But um, you said that your grandma, right, had mm-hmm. cystic fibrosis and got diagnosed when you were, which is very yes. interesting. So yes. was she sick all her life and they just didn't know? Or what was going on? Because that's like... A long time to go without I, a diagnosis yeah for sure so she was sick my entire life like I she always had a port and she always was doing some sort of IV but mm-hmm. she's lived in West Virginia in okay. Oak Hill West Virginia sorry if anybody like lives there but um, <laughs> there's not the best <laughs> medical care there and so seriously like she just had poor health care okay. like she weighed like 80 to 100 wow. pounds, her, like, still to this day. What, is she um, tall? Oh, is she tall no, or what? No, she is, like, tiny, miniature. Okay. She's, like, five foot. She's like you. Oh, she's, she's like, like me. She's, like, five okay. feet, and then she's, like, super skinny, but not that you're skinny now. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, she also has the CF-related diabetes, so okay. that's her main thing, and okay. then... GI. I don't think I've ever seen her do a breathing treatment. Wow. So basically, it seems like she has the same kind of symptoms as you. Yes. In the sense of more towards the GI sinus. Yes. Not as much as the lungs. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even think like upper respiratory. Like I think she's done like breathing treatments when she's gotten sick to that West Virginia air is like... Awful. Right. I fly into there and I start coughing like oh, on the airplane. Yeah. yeah. But um yeah, it's just so crazy. Like, yeah, I swear I've never seen like I would do two treatments a day, mm-hmm. but she wouldn't. And so okay. yeah, she just was always sick and they just okay. didn't know why until they needed to find out how my mom became a carrier, oh, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, so they tested her and it turns out she had CF and so we're like, oh that makes so much sense. That- makes so much sense how did you not catch it okay (laughs) like how hard is it seriously (laughs) well especially to have so many health problems and then did they find the diabetes before or was that after the diagnosis because you know if you're having high blood sugars it's kind of it's very serious yeah it's very serious so she's had like she always struggled with hypoglycemia like we would go get her hair done. Like I would go there every summer for two weeks. And mm-hmm. so she would go get her hair done and she would just crash. Like, right. It was the craziest thing. They oh, would wow. like keep syrup and like cotton candy wow. and like sugary things there just for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would crash hard, like 
she would drop, I guarantee the 30 and like, wow. just like that. And yeah, so scary. that was the biggest thing. I'm not really, I'm not familiar with high blood sugar just because right. I normally don't get high blood sugar, yeah, yeah. but I do get low. Yes. Um, and I never really noticed because if she had high blood sugar, right. but, you can't um, notice that. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely noticed the low and just knew that she never took, well, I don't really remember, but I don't ever remember her taking insulin or anything, yeah, yeah. but she probably was didn't always, know much. Yeah. Like, then. yeah. Yeah. And so I think the maintenance and the, like the treatments and stuff all mm-hmm. happened after like okay. she was diagnosed. Yeah, well, that would make so sense. I think they just seriously thought like, Oh, like, like she had a port and everything. Like mm-hmm. it was just crazy. Yeah. It's like, what did you think she had? Like, yeah. you know what like, I mean? Like they thought I was like many... idiopathic something. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like not many mm-hmm. like diseases or like whatever have the same symptoms. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's, it's very just crazy. Yeah. That's it, she's really blessed to still be here. Is For really. sure. And it was good yeah. timing when you were yeah. diagnosed and they were like, oh, okay. So I'm sure she's more yeah. able to keep it all going well. Oh, for now. sure. So for that's sure. cool. Well, okay. Let's talk about pregnancy because I know a lot of people out there, all our listeners, a lot of people, we get a lot of questions about pregnancy and stuff. And it's so mm-hmm. interesting that you got better with being pregnant. It's and I, insane. And yeah. I have heard that that happens to some people. I know someone um, that lives around here that, you know, her, um, her disease got way better when she's pregnant. Yeah. And yeah, it's just so, so awesome. interesting to me. So like, how, how did you feel when you were pregnant? And like you said, you were kind of, you were, you knew that when you got pregnant, you've seen a lot of, uh, examples mm-hmm. that, and your doctor said, you know, this might happen. So what right. was going so through was, your head? Yeah. I was honestly... Cause I had told Ryan, like when we got married, cause yeah. I was like, we had, he obviously knows <laughs> my situation. Yeah. Yeah. So we were just like, uh, I think it's going to take me a while to get pregnant, you mm. know? Oh, and right. so just because of all the mucus and stuff. Yeah. And so, and I just didn't know cause everyone's different and yeah. you just know what your doctors tell you and you read stuff and right. you just know, like, it's just not the easiest thing in the world to get pregnant or mm-hmm. be pregnant. Right. Um, so that's why. Like, it was kind of a shock when we found out we were pregnant with Reese because, I mean, we weren't necessarily, like, like actively, like, oh, let's get pregnant. But it just was, like, it happened so much faster than we thought it was going to. But it's, like, a blessing. Like, totally Uh don't regret it at all. But, yeah, yeah, it's just I was kind of – I was way fearful going Mm -hmm. into it because – I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so hard. Like, I'm just yeah. kind of scared because they were just right. like, so just be prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you're really healthy, but you never know. Like, just kind of, yeah, like, spooked me a little bit. Right. And so, but, yeah, like, I, like, even down to the basics of every person that gets pregnant, like, didn't have morning sickness, mm-hmm. didn't have, I mean, of course, I was, like, tired. I thought I was going to die. But, right. um, yeah, as far as. Yeah, it was just crazy. Like, I could breathe better. Lung function improved. Wow. Um, I just felt all around better. Uh-huh. And it was just, it's like, oh, my gosh. Well, 
She do this all the time. <laughs> I, should, I should just be pregnant. Like, Anybody need honestly, babies? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Let me know. I'll just pop them out for you. Yeah. Um, but I was even, so when I went to deliver Reese, mm-hmm. I was at obviously the same hospital as my CF clinic. And so mm-hmm. they just don't see many CF patients delivering babies. Right. And so I'm not kidding when I say like, I felt like a celebrity because <laughs> like nurses and doctors from not even the same floor would just walk in and be like, Oh my gosh, you have cystic fibrosis and you're wow. about to have a baby. <laughs> and I was like, uh, celebrity. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so they were like, that is so awesome. Like my nurse straight up started crying. It's <laughs> like, Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And so I, it's just a, a huge blessing. Right. So, so yep. how was your labor and delivery? Um, you know, it was great. I did my best sitting there. I was oh, induced. Funny. Um, <laughs> I did my I best. Just... <laughs> There's a picture of me doing my best and doing my nails. Like, I was just so chill. Really... It was fine. That's um, I was induced about, well, a week early. Okay. But I was in labor for forever. I just, yeah, it wasn't even CF related. I ended up having to have a C-section um, mm-hmm. emergency-wise mm-hmm. because her oxygen just dropped and she okay. wasn't tolerating labor. So, okay. um, obviously then I had to stay in the hospital for four days and that's kind of when CF kicked in. Cause yeah. I couldn't do my best treatments because right. my scar. Oh, that's <laughs> and right. so, yeah. yeah. And so they try to do like, you know, that wrap that mm-hmm. just goes oh, like yeah, I don't like that one. around. Your, no, like it's awful. Mm-mm. Awful. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm not doing it. So they ended mm-hmm. up doing just like, you know those nebulized peps? Yes, like, yes, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like it's restricting right. your airflow to make you try to cough up stuff right. and kind of inhaling like, medicine yeah, at the same time. It's kind of like the flutter on yes, the, on the nebulizer. Yeah. Yes, Got it. yes, okay. totally. And so they came up with that, and I just, yeah, I just remember thinking like, oh, I'm going to get so sick because I right. couldn't do my best for like three solid days wow. and that's just never happened. And so right. it was all kind of like honestly downhill okay. from there. Uh-huh. Um, even though I had her in January, wasn't hospitalized till October. It right. was just like, you could I feel had, the effects. Yeah. Oh yeah. I could, it was like, as soon as she came out, it was like, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, no, okay. it was good. And yeah. Uh, once we got home, I was able to get back to my routine, but right. it definitely needed a tune-up after that. So, right. How was doing the vest when you're pregnant? I'm just interested because oh my gosh, you know, I know. with the belly. <laughs> I know. I like as soon as we got pregnant, I was like, "Can I do the vest, or is it gonna like give the baby <laughs> shaking baby syndrome in the womb?" Um, and then she's like, "No, like they can barely fill it." Okay. Because there's just like so much fluid. Well, one, stuff? there's like the placenta and oh, fluid, yeah. and they're uh-huh. in your uterus, and so there's so right. much padding there, I guess. But it's definitely different. Like by the end, okay. I can only do so there's four buckles, you know, I yeah. could only do <laughs> the, the two on top. <laughs> and so it was like, I'll have to see you picture, but it seriously yeah. looked like a flotation <laughs> device. It was awful, but That's and hilarious. it's, it's kind of hard just because. You're ginormous, and well, everything gets ginormous on right? your body when you get. Well, that's why I'm surprised you could breathe better. You're having all this much extra weight on you. I know, and, you and felt so much better. 
Yeah, so crazy, and it's kind of weird because this go around, I've already, I was like, well, this doesn't feel like last time. Uh oh. <laughs> but um, no, it's been fine. But, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think boys are different too. I know. I, I hear know. that boys hear and girls are different, but I yeah. hear they're opposite. Like, girls are supposed to be harder on you than boys. Now, oh, like, okay. I'm not getting that vibe. Right. But anyways, <laughs> um, no, it's yeah. Um, I was surprised I could feel better, like breathe better too. I was yeah. just, yeah, it's just not what I was like told or expecting. Right. Or, and then I did my first PFT. And I was like, what on? Mm-hmm. Mind you, peed on the floor. <laughs> During my first PFT, because you pee everywhere. Well, yeah, that's what I hear too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I pee anyway. And then, so all of a sudden, I'm like peed straight on the floor. Mm -hmm. And the like tech guy was like, uh, oops. (laughs) um, I was like, so what do I do about that? Like, we could have all just stared at each other. And then he's like, well, you blew a 118. I was like, shut up. Shut up right now. I was like, that has never happened in my whole life. You used all that pressure and it just went. (laughs) The pee was like, I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) I just (laughs) remember, I remember Haley and I have been friends since 2015 before yes. her uh, her wedding, actually, it's like literally right before. Literally, is after I met Taylor Swift, and um, that's when I was getting really sick, like super, super sick, and I was peeing everywhere too. So we would just talk about oh, that yes. because she did it even before she was pregnant. <laughs> so we would the just coughing. talk about this, the coughing. Just did it. Yes, it happens. If you're listening and it's happening to you, it happens. It's, it it's normal. Just know yeah. it's normal and it happens yeah. to everybody. It okay. Happens. If they admit it or not. It yeah. Happens. <laughs> it happens. And now I'm sure it's harder after pregnancy. <laughs> you get more. I'm oh, sure. it's gone. Like yeah. I can't even hold my pee oh, anymore. My like if I have to go to the bathroom, I'm like, okay, I better go. <laughs> I or rush. I'm just gonna pee right here. Yeah. I gotta rush. So, oh my gosh. Yep. Well mm-hmm. that's 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 hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I'm so glad that you got Tavarice and she's yes. just a doll and oh yes she is a spitball but yes, I love her she she's is. awesome and now you're gonna have a baby boy yeah to complete the family and I'm I so know. excited for you guys I'll be an auntie <laughs> Here we go. you know from the other state but you, it works it's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's fine so we're getting to the end but I wanted you to give the last word do you have any advice for people that have CF that want to have a baby and anything you want to tell them um I would just say if just in general into any CF patient I've I mean even though I'm generally like praise Jesus whatever yeah. like blessed to be as healthy as I am like I immediately see the side effects of when I don't take care of myself or if I skip a medicine. We were just talking about that earlier today. We missed our enzymes. Well, I missed mine. I was like, okay, I'm going to die. But um, no, like if you just think, oh, I can just miss this best. No, you can't just miss that best. You need to do your best. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm definitely healthy as I am just because I am very good at taking care of myself and Luckily, the good Lord watches over me and keeps me healthy anyways. Um, but just take care of yourself and exercise. I've always been really active, so just exercise. Um, and if you're planning on getting pregnant or you are pregnant or whatever, just try to be your best healthy self, especially if, like, right before, like, if you're 
one and get pregnant, I promise you, like, you, yeah, the more healthy you are, the better. So yeah. well, that's... that's what I told Brian. I was like, before we even like thought about babies, I was like, yeah. I just need to be my most healthy self. Cause I, <laughs> at that time I thought it was going to be really hard and it, I mean, obviously pregnancy is hard in its yes. own way to everyone, but, right. um, I was just like, I can't do it right now. Like we were talking about it. And I had like pseudomonas at the time. I was like, I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. No, but yeah, I would just say, just take care of yourself. Yeah. Be the healthy as you can be. So well, I that's agree. all I say. I totally agree with that. And thanks for coming on, Haley. Yeah. Thank and... you so much. All right. A big thanks to Haley for joining the podcast. Uh, I love hearing those kinds of stories, uh, especially, I mean, we do have the, um, the Family Building Friday on the blog, as well as uh, we've had a few uh, guests on the podcast now who have, uh, you know, either um, who have children themselves now. So yeah. uh, it's, it's always cool hearing those stories. And a big thank you to Haley uh, for coming yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, it's a great story. And it's interesting how cystic fibrosis got better for her when she was pregnant because yeah. I've heard a lot of stories with other diseases chronic illnesses that it has happened and it's so interesting and I'm just so happy for her and her family that's true uh, so a big thanks to Haley again uh, so Tiffany this wraps up our CF awareness month podcast yeah. um, it's been great it's been a fun been run we, we're looking at June already I can't believe it I, I can't believe June is, is pretty much here um, and, and May is in the rear view mirror already yes. uh, so uh, that's that's really it we'll, uh, we'll yeah. see you again next week uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes remember to rate review and subscribe five stars yes. Uh, you can also listen to us on Spotify and SoundCloud. And yes, we are working on putting a, a, the, pod, the podcast on other platforms yes. uh, starting at some point in June. Um, we are uh, definitely trying to make it easier for people to listen to the podcast wherever they may be, given uh, the, the situation that people you know may find themselves in. They, they may not be an Apple user. They may not yeah uh, you know, may not be a, a Spotify subscriber. So um, we are working on uh, getting the, the podcast out there on different platforms for all of you. Uh, yeah. You can you can follow us on Instagram. That's at breathe underscore in underscore pod. That's also yeah. our email address, breathe underscore in underscore pod at Uh And that's pretty much it. I'm Gunnar Siasen. That's Tiffany Rich. Mm -hmm. And we will see everyone next week. Bye.